the character-driven interface, a strong community that didn't know about itself. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Pete Billington, co-founder of Fable Studio and director of Wolves in the Walls. Welcome, Pete. Hi. It's great to be here. Welcome back. So remind us again, what is Fable Studio does and how sweet was it to be a part of a team that won the first Emmy ever awarded to a virtual being? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been an amazing uh, couple weeks and that culminated on Saturday where we got the award. Um, yeah, Fable is a, a company that has spent the last few years developing a virtual reality uh, interactive experience with a little girl named Lucy. Um, where you go on an adventure together. And we are about to embark on a journey of creating virtual being that you may have a relationship with a character for multiple years, maybe as many as 20 years. And so it's the next step in our adventure. Explain the importance of connection with a character in storytelling. Yeah, I think we all connect to characters and that's why we read books and that's why we you know, play games and see movies. Um, but, you know, as we had these experiences with this character in virtual reality, it became clear that we would start to form deeper bonds uh, when that character was aware of us, when that character had a memory of us. And we got really excited about the potential of how AI combined with traditional storytelling techniques could sort of expand on that um, true awareness where a character not only could make eye contact with you, but could recognize your face, recognize your voice, understand your emotions, um, interpret your body language. So we're starting to dive into all of these awareness systems, um, both using machine learning and natural language processing, and then folding that into, you know, thousands of years of storytelling technique to try and create a, a deep character connection. With Wolves in the Walls, what creates the connection we actually form with Lucy? Well, you know, right from the beginning, you know, Lucy lets you in on a secret and she also sort of invites you into her world. So we felt it was really important to cast you as the audience, but we didn't want to cast you necessarily as your adult self. We wanted you to feel like a child. So, you know, Lucy draws you at her height and the world feels bigger. And then she immediately sort of whispers to you and, and lets you know that she's telling you some information that maybe is only between the two of you. And that's sort of the first step in this reciprocal relationship where she establishes trust and then hopes that you will trust her uh, to go on an adventure and, and to be her friend. And so it's really about how do, you, how do you bond with a character the way that you would bond with an actual friend um, and then start to form memories together and then recognize the things that you have in common, maybe your differences, maybe your fears or your hopes, and then allow the story to unfold, uh, taking all of those things into account. How do virtual beings make films better and how, how can they actually connect or be aware of each individual in a theater size audience? Yeah, I think we really felt like when we when we went to go see immersive theater, which is, you know, it's different than a movie in that you're actually in an environment, you're with a performer, there was this intimacy that we didn't experience in a film. You know, films can be incredibly emotionally powerful and there's all these things that we've learned how to do as filmmakers to sort of manipulate your emotions and, and make you connect to a character. But when you're in a small environment, a contained space with a character, you, the actress has to 
act a little bit more subtly. They have to be a little bit more human. And so, you know, the fact that a character can remember the things that we've done or, you know, address something directly and see what you might be have holding in your hand and know that there's an emotional significance to that object, maybe to the character. It just connects you in a, in a much deeper way. Um, and so we learned a lot of that from immersive theater, but that's not a scalable medium. You know, it's really hard to get millions of people through that. And through things like virtual reality, through uh, a direct sort of maybe an Instagram connection or a Facebook relationship or all of these ways we interact with each other as friends, I, I see a potential where we could interact with a character on the same level throughout all of these fluid mediums where we interface data. You know, a character could be there um, helping us connect to each other as humans, helping us connect to stories, helping us learn. So I think there's even a greater potential outside of storytelling for these types of virtual beings to be parts of our lives. What is adaptive empathy and why does it matter? Um, you know, if we start to think about what, for example, like social media has provided to us, we've seen a context outside of our own world. We see how other people relate to their worlds and we're really getting this explosion of context. Um, I think it's the main upside of all of these things that we tend to look at in a dystopian way, but they're actually teaching us a lot about the world that we all live in together. And now we have the potential to tell stories through an AI layer that can adapt to you specifically. So I might have something that's very meaningful to me as a storyteller, but it might connect you in a way that is personal if we understood through an AI adaptation of that empathy, what was more powerful to you. So I might propose an idea emotionally through a story and that AI layer may then reinterpret it and present it to you in a way that is most relevant to you. So knowing things about what you know would connect specifically to you, what you might wanna see, the types of shots that connect you emotionally and have done so over time, I think, all of the ways that we see content right now and connect to content is going to have a nice interpretation layer that AI contributes. Um, and that might be through a character, that might be through subtle changes in content or dialect, um, you know, the way that we loop and change uh, language for a film right now, we dub it over, you know, but what if it was not only like specifically tailored to your language, but to your dialect and to your slang, just ways to connect directly to you and that feel tailored to your experience. What are the ethical implications of a character that's known me for 20 years and is programmed to create and maintain a bond no matter how I change? I mean, isn't that more maybe than we can even expect from human relationships? And how might that affect my human relationships? Yeah, you know, I really always, it's funny because every time we talk about this, we sort of get this sort of dystopian future that we imagine science fiction is so good at revealing. And I guess I'm really optimistic about it. I think that a character that adapts to us and can really see us for who we are um, has us, you know, has the ability for us to then see those commonalities in other people. Um, I think that could be really interesting conduits, again, for empathy, for connection, um, for context, because once you have the context of someone's experience, the fact that these characters can remember what we're doing ethically, I think really that starts with forming trust between you and the character. Um, specifically at Fable, we're not really interested in mining that data or doing anything with it other than to create this sort of 
strong connection and bond. And one of the things we like to talk about is, you know, 10, 20 years ago, probably if, if your house was on fire, the thing you would run out with is your family photo album, because that was the thing that you couldn't really replicate. We didn't have these digital photos, we didn't have the cloud, and now we have the potential to create sort of a character or a virtual being that sort of represents the same thing. It's the collection of our memories, it's the collection of our experience, and it's a one-to-one -one sort of thing. So we're really thinking about how to establish trust between you and this character and make that a sort of one-to-one -one reciprocal relationship where this is something that you value um, and it's a character that is there for you and kind of that storage container for memory. Um, and that can spill off into all the ways that you interface data. But it, it starts with that establishment of trust and, and sort of even friendship. So in the short term, how do you see virtual being experiences progressing towards the mainstream over, let's say, the next 12 to 18 months? It's kind of amazing that it's already there. You know, we had our first virtual being summit um, about a month ago, and uh, it was sort of, uh, it was just, you know, are these people out in the world? And and we found out that there's actually a, a strong community that didn't even know about itself, um, all working in little pockets here. And it really felt to me like the same time, you know, 94, 95, when the web was very young and there was just some educational institutions and a few government agencies that were utilizing the web the way it was meant to be used. And then within a year, it just sort of exploded and HTML and websites became the way that we did connect with almost everything in our lives. It's how we scheduled our flights and how we got recommendations and figured out which restaurant we wanted to eat at. And this felt like that same moment where like there's just a few websites hanging around, but they're actually doing some really interesting things and the world doesn't quite know about this yet. But this explosion of character driven interface is going to be sort of pervasive. And so um, I think within the next 12 to 18 months, you're going to see a lot of diversity in the space. You know, we're already familiar with digital influencers and showing up on Instagram. There's like this whole subculture in Japan of sort of virtual uh, makeup and celebrity. And the, the audience is aware that these are not real, but they're okay with that. And they like the fact that they're being presented something in a unique way with a very strong intentionality. I think you'll start to see um, professional um, industries adopting virtual beings, whether that's the medical field or the counseling field, because it's easier sometimes to talk to someone that doesn't have a bias or a stake. Um, you just feel more comfortable. And there's some good anecdotal evidence that that's going to continue because we just don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about some of these privacy things with another human. Um, and it, it, it allows for progression. I think in education, there's gonna be a, a boom too, just because characters can adapt directly to what your needs are and you have that sort of one-to-one -one connection. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to happen quite fast. The technology is, is all converging. AI is moving so fast, um, but also real time, you know, is moving. So a lot of the things that enabled virtual reality to happen over the last three or four years, that sort of convergence is now doubling up because of the AI, um, the AI growth that's happening. Pete Billington, co-founder of Fable Studio and director of Wolves in the Walls. You know, there's a lot of exciting, uh, 
virtual being opportunities in our future and also a lot of um, ethical implications that we're going to have to be aware of. Thanks for coming back to shed some light on this and to help educate our audience. If somebody wants to connect with you, Pete, maybe they want to understand this whole new world of virtual beings. How can they do that? They can go to the website virtual-beings.com, uh, sign up to attend the next summit, um, and also check out fable-studio.com to see the work that we've done on Wolves in the Walls and Lucy. Sounds great. Thanks again. And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.